and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. It's the Thursday before the weekend, as always, and we have racing at Newbury, Ripon, and one race from Newmarket to look at with the standard boys, the usual team now, what has become the usual team, because Daryl Carter is in for TC whilst he continues his Twitter spaces, takes place on Saturday morning. Check out the at Betfair Racing Twitter handle for that and TC Zone, of course, but very quick check-in with the boys. Oh, goodness, who's going to do weather? Daryl? Of course, not my job. (laughs) Fair, fair, okay. Your job is just to tip winners. Dan Barber, do we have any... You can't be the weatherman. You're not a weatherman, are you? Let's be honest. Well, I'm I'm from Manchester, so it's always pissing it down. But (laughs) I'm all meant because you're so short. I'm meant because you're so short. You're always the last person to realise it's raining. Just because you're seven foot five, everybody looks sharp. Uh, but I've got, I've got the, I've got the up to date going reports in front of me. If those are any use with the weather, with the weather notes. Go on then, quick rattle through. Go on. Right, Newbury. We're currently, as of this morning, at half eight. Good, good to soften places. Straight courses mainly good, and the weather dry. Sunny spells Thursday. Thundery showers Friday. Ooh. clearing in the clearing the afternoon and then some light rain overnight clearing early on saturday morning so i was kind of operating on the basis that we might be similar to what we are now so good or maybe on the soft side of good um so that's kind of where i am okay. thundery showers you know the nature of thundery showers vanessa you could get absolutely hammered or get zero so um that's that there new market for the gray horse handicap um afternoon showers tomorrow um doesn't look like much currently good good to firm in places so firm firmer side of good is probably a fair assumption there and at ripping we're good good to soft in places currently with thursday sunny intervals friday overcast moderate breeze oh possibly two to five mils in the evening <laughs> and on saturday rain through the air the hours eight to twelve mils so we could be on the soft side of good at ripping there you go God, we miss TC, don't we? Bloody hell, what a disaster this is without him. Right, let's try and make up for it. Got the factual information, Vanessa, or at least the, no, fact, the facts good, that they're... The, the facts that, or, or as Tony would, would always have a, a gentle cynicism about the reports that the race courses give us with regard to weather. Um, it's always going to clear just before the first, you see. <laughs> always, always, yeah. Uh, right, Daryl, I'm coming to you first. We're kicking off down at Newbury, please. Uh, let's start with the Jeffrey Freer, which is the first race on ITV. Well, it's the first race of the card, but obviously on ITV on Saturday at Newbury. Um, intriguing little renewal, loads of different strands in here. You've got Kamari 11 to 4, top of the market coming in here. The form horse, really. Arrest on a bit of a retrieval mission, the three year old for John and Thady Gosden. Things just haven't gone to plan for him this season since his derby run. Klondike in there is the complete unknown, also at three to one. Shando's in there at 11 to two, off, off a massive break since we last saw him for the Roger Varian yard. 656 days to be precise. Jack Darcy is a bigger price after that at 10. So, market has it about those sort of top four, really. Um, where did you land? Different, I think, difficult race to assess just because, like I said, they're coming in from different angles here. Yeah, definitely. But if Kevin's uh, expertly put weather report is, is correct, then, then John and Daly Gosnell will love that for a rest, I think, because he's just not been at home on fast ground the last twice. He was bouncing up and down like a yo-yo at Ascot, not, not going anywhere. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you do have to be forgiven to to back a rest, particularly at three to one, I guess. But uh, for me, I think he's the horse with plenty more more to come. He's got loads of potential. It's just 
Are we going to see it? Um, Frankie's on. That's a positive sign when you're looking at Jonathan Daly Gosling horse at Newbury. I think he's probably the best horse in the race. I'm very keen to actually take on Kamari at the top of the market. I think he's a woeful price, really. Like, it's, that was his first win in the Fred Archer since his Queen's Vars win. And he dictated a steady run race and he just narrowly beat Outbox. Al Arzi, as you alluded to last week, was making his seasonal return, needed the run. New London, pretty much the same. And both visits to Newbury, he's put in his lowest RPRs, racing post ratings, since his two runs in Maiden Company. So I'd want to be against him. Uh, Shandos is respected coming in here off a big layoff, but 656 days. I mean, he's gone well fresh a couple of times, but this is a bit more than fresh, isn't it? And I'd be a bit disappointed if he could just walk waltz in here and give away six and nine pounds to two, two three-year-olds that are pretty unexposed. I would be looking at a three-year-old angle for me. Klondike, I do like. Um, I'm torn between the two, the two, to be honest with you. So the ground is going to be very, very much um, a decision-maker for me. Klondike, obviously, in the Bahrain Trophy last time, just didn't get a race really run to suit, I thought, held up at the rear of the field. Had to make his challenge down the centre of the track, turn it into a dash from three to the line. He's a bit better than that. But in all honesty, when I look at this, I think I'd be disappointed if the rest can't win this. All right, Kev, do you feel the same here in terms of still believing in arrest and giving him those passes because of the fast ground of late? I would have the same general feeling as Daryl, but not the same conclusion. Um, I'd be I'd be happy enough to be with the three-year-olds. Um, arrest, um, more rain, the better. Um, we'll be desperate for those thunder showers to to dump all of their contents onto Newbury um, to give him the best chance. But I, I do like Klondike. Like Klondike has come a long way in a short space of time. Um, like Arrest won a Group 1 last year. Um, Klondike didn't run, didn't debut until April. You know, and he won first time, so they had to lob him straight in. And they gave him a tough old task around Goodwood, second start, and he ran very well behind Gregory, who we know. And um, that second run at Newmarket, as Daryl says, didn't really go his way. Um, those that were up in the pace dominated and he still took a step forward in his form. So um, there's surely more to come. I think this track will be is the most sympathetic track he's run on since making the winning debut at Newbury. Um, and I just think there could be more to come from him. Um, ground, whether the showers come or not, I don't think it'll be a big deal for him. And um, yeah, Klondike will do for me. All right, three rolls to the four then in the Jeffrey Freer. Dan, let's move on to the 225 at Newbury. It's down to the sprint. It's the competitive handicap over the five furlongs. And four a day has made it to the top of the market, currently seven to two with Betfair's Sportsbook for Rod Millman. Um, when the deal is done, his next best in there at nine to two. Got William Buick booked for the ride for Roger Teal, which is eye-catching. Libra Tiger in there for the inform Ed Walker team at five to one off the back of his Sandown win, but that was on soft ground. He's not going to get that again. Um, how did you unpick this one, Dan? Well, I, I always a quick, think... a quick, quick alert, Dan, just okay, before mate. we start. Libra Tiger is declared yeah. for the race in the league this evening. So oh. we'll see how that works out. Oh, Vanessa, you're supposed to be all over it. Racing what? Hopefully Ed Walker decides not to run tonight to go to Newbury. That would suit everyone down to the ground representing yeah. the Welsh team tonight. But just be aware that um, you know if he bombs out tonight, he's probably not going to back up again. Or if he wins, he wouldn't be certain to come out under the penalty. So mm. he's just up at the front end of the market. So just bear it in mind. Good heads up. Didn't know that because I'm not at the racing league tonight, everyone. Obviously, I'll be watching every, every, it. Everyone, everyone else is. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> I know. Vanessa. I'll they've be watching like with interest. They've, they've like six or 7,000 people coming. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be class. You're missing out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Daniel. Daniel. Um, 
Well, I always think it's interesting when Millman books a Sheen, but he booked him for for a day at Goodwood um, as well, and he didn't justify his shortish price. It's not expensive to follow. He's quite, he's quite a likable horse, all things considered, but 7-2 to two doesn't make much appeal to me. Kev mentioned the quick turnaround. We saw the trooper for Ed Walker last week, Dark Trooper, running regularly and thriving on it. So it's not out of the oh, question, but trooper. I'm going to have a small, if, it, if this was t- tipping line stuff, I'd be a half point win job here. But May Sonic, this, this may be completely harebrained crackpot stuff, but May Sonic hadn't run on turf for two years prior to that Windsor run. Bunch finish, probably not strong form, but it was won by a bait who's had a great year for Adrian Nichols. Is there a chance from his lower turf mark that actually just having a run on turf sharpens him up and he's a bit better this time? Because if he's anything like what he can do on all weather, where he's he reached a rating of 100 at his peak, then he is particularly well handicapped. And, and he's 14, so I'm more than happy to throw that half a point, whatever half a point is to you out there, um, uh, on Masonic in the belief or the hope more so that the turf run enlivens him. A little half a point nod to Masonic, as Dan Barber has said, at 14s for the Charlie Hills Yard. Um, have you got a little half a point to make it a whole point for us, Daryl? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. Windy, windy Barber, Windy Barber. <laughs> Very windy, that, isn't it? <laughs> Hail Force I'm, Mayor. I'm giving everyone a free pass. It seems like there are some windy types on this show today. So. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a this is a tough race. I was going to stick with the other Rod Millman runner, uh, Wolhampton, who I thought was comfortably on top of uh, Ascot last time. I thought perhaps hit the front a little bit too soon, but. Uh, Thought I had enough in hand and been shaping well in, in better company than this in previous starts. Does is, is the type that needs things to fall right, but uh, I think this is a steadily progressive horse. Um, the form ties in very closely with Swift Asset, who I've been, uh, oh, been failing to get over the line the last few starts, but um, yeah, Wolhampton uh, and Swift Asset again focus on the free rolls just because, because they perhaps got a bit of progression to come. A bit against four a day, considering this is a step up from class five into a class three, and he's never won. Um, above class four company, so mm. surprised he was favourite. But yeah, the other Rod Millman run up Wolhampton, I do, I think. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half time break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too, like timeouts, so you take that all important half time break, or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Okay, three-year-olds against the four. I was just going to ask, Daryl, is, is the three-year-old angle something you always try and latch on to if possible, or is it just coincidence in these races at the moment? Well, it, to be honest, it's... It is something I look for immediately because, particularly in a race like this, you're looking at a lot of exposed older horses. All right, Dan's made a good case for Masonic there. Who's, I think that run last time, Dan, was the only five furlong run on turf that Masonic had had. So mm. perhaps there's a there's a reason for improvement there. But you're looking through the rest of these and you're really trying to make a lot of excuses, whereas the three-year-olds tend to have had a lot less runs. They're sort of Some of them tend to get better throughout the season. So you get into the latter part of the season. Perhaps this is where they can just sort of take that step forward and just to be a little bit better than those exposed runners yeah fair enough and with sprints as well i always think it takes that like mental and physical sharpness yeah, to the few runs to get them going um sorry we've diverted there kevin but i do want your selection in this do you have another windy view here 
Um, no, no, I, I'm on board Daryl's train again, but I'm getting off at a different stop. Um, again, yeah, three, again. Three-year-old three, three, three again. Uh, uh, look, look, swift acid, look, look typical three-year-old sprinter angle. Um, you know, one is maiden last year, flew high in snakes races, didn't quite come up to it. Took a little while to get back down to a mark. He can be competitive off, but he's back there again and has started to get his act together um, last few goes. Uh, and just getting back, the, 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 ang- the main angle is just getting back to a more orthodox track after running very well at Brighton, I'm hoping they can get him handy. Um, I don't know what the crack is. Last three runs, um, like he won in the middle one, um, the middle of the three, you know, racing quite prominently at bat, but either side of that has been, has been, you know, ridden with more restraint. Um, start perhaps not helping, but I'm hoping he can jump out and be handy enough here and capitalize on a mark that while two pounds higher than Brighton, I think is still well exploitable on the best of his form from his two-year-old days. All right, currently 7-1 to one with the sports book. Um, let's move on, guys, to the... I'm going to read the proper race name out. Heart Bingo Summer Sizzler. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've actually never played bingo. I used to just... work in a bingo hall. My first job. Of course job. you did. Of course uh, you did. I do, do, I, do, I, do, I, do you want a do do quick bingo story? Spot the northerner. Go on, quick, northerner. quick, quick, quick. Yeah, quick, quick bingo but, story, Kev. When I, when I was about 11, one of my, one of my pals mothers brought the two of us to bingo down at the local hall probably grossly illegal etc managed to buy a ticket got a bingo book and would you believe first ever time at bingo i won 200 irish pounds and i went and i bought after time i went i went went and i bought myself a bicycle with it the bingo bike and i never went to bingo again take take your money buy a bike and away you go I promise, I promise you that's true. It's still there. I feel like I feel like my home house. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the bingo bike might be used in different way at some sort of bingo halls, but we won't go down that route. <laughs> very innocent situation. Damn, the bingo bike. What a, okay, what a touch. <laughs> what a touch. Happy days. And I love the fact you learned you knew never to go back. That was it. Go out on a high. Uh, I was, anyway, I was, I was, I was always a punch picker, Vanessa. I was a punch picker. Yeah. Um, seven furlongs next uh, at Newbury for the three o'clock race and it is the handicap class two nice and competitive as you would expect for a race like this and as a result your favourite currently is five to one open mind for Saeed Bin Saroor this time as she Murphy in the saddle on a bit of a well I was going to say comeback trail he ran an alright race when we last saw him but he's taking on old boy bless him at eight to one Three-year-old in there, classic at eight and scholarship. Another three-year-old, that one for Clive Cox. Hasn't kicked on in the way that I thought he might at the start of the season. Spangled Mac, obviously the horse who went on that big run for George Bowie last year. Struggled a bit higher in the weights this time around, nine to one. And another old boy, an accidental agent at 10. So the big question here, Daryl, is once again, not over the sprints, but seven furlong trip. We've got exposed older horses, class droppers. But we've got the three-year-olds. Are you going to make it the treble and go with the three-year-olds again? Yeah, classic for me. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I thought he was really impressive at Sandown. He's uh, this horse got abundance ability, I think. But uh, it just getting him to show it on the track has just been a tough job. But that Sandown performance, he really put it all together. He won a hell of a lot in hand. I thought he's gone up a couple of pounds for that. And he's, uh, like you say, facing mainly exposed rivals. I thought the time before he was just too free at the same venue, Sandown, but at Goodwood as well. He showed up quite nicely, but he was drawn in stall 10. He hung off the bend. He was posted wide for much of the race. I thought he ran well enough there. Um, and he's just a steady improver. The track won't be an issue for him. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I like his claims. I think he's very much on the upgrade. I think the handicap has given him a chance after that Sandown run, which was obviously boosted by the runner-up Novus at Goodwood. So you know, you know where that fire is coming from, Daryl. He's out. He's out of date with destiny. The only ever mm. offspring of George Washington, and by, and he's by Dubawi. Put put plenty of fire as well. So he's getting fire on <laughs> fire on both sides. Double fire. Fire on fire. Fire on fire. Breathing. Um. All right. A vote for classic then. Classically bred classic at eight to one. Um. Dan, we'll come to you next here. Three-year-olds or against them? Dan. Dan! Dan! Well, it's a bingo theme, and I'm going for legs. Dan! Dan! I'm a here. I'm a here. <laughs> you are, you are. Go on, Dan. Go on, Dan. Yeah, I was, you know, when, when somebody pauses and you're thinking, please don't be mine, please be theirs. <laughs> and it was mine. Sorry. Um, every time, every time. Yeah. Well, it's a bingo theme, and I'm going for legs 11 with Woo. Um, Lyndon B. Oh, yeah. I think, um, I say plot, I don't want to say that because that comes with nefarious connotations. But the plot. This, is a, this is a horse who, I mean, he's very much a time form horse based on what we've been writing about in, in reports lately. Excuses being made for his three starts. He won at Glorious Goodwood last season. He's only three pounds higher, finds himself at 85, having reached as high as 88. And when you look at that final run of last season that was here, that second, that's a really strong piece of form. The winner's gone in again off a mark five pound higher since at Haydock. Third was Spanish Star, who back at his beloved Goodwood has been better than ever this year. And Musket's back on as well, who gave this horse a great ride when he won at Glorious Goodwood. So I thought there were a few things going for him, and not just because he had a name that's probably the most famous bingo number going. Um, all right, Lyndon B currently 10 to 1 then. Kev, do you want to throw anyone else into the mix? Yeah, I'm with Spangled Mac. He's back and he's going to oh. go on the attack. <laughs> Spangled Mac. <laughs> um, yeah, like you say, went on a great hotel last year for uh, he's Mikey Crack as well. And he went on a right hotel for George Bowie last year. And he's just gone a little bit quiet. But in fairness to the horse, like he, he actually shaved quite well twice at Royal Ascot. Um, we don't see many um, doubling up outside of the staying races at Ascot. And um, he, he went really well in the Wokingham and the Buckingham Palace. A um, little bit disappointing last time back at Ascot, but I like the application of cheek pieces. I think that's an interesting move, um, knowing the horse. And it might just fire him up. And, and George just, just went through a slight quiet patch by his very high standards. Um, but he did have a winner. Um when he lasted runners two days ago and I'm hoping he's back getting the revs up and Spangle Mac might be one to lead the charge for him. You're not worried about the travel he's got to do over from Ireland for George Bowie there? Judge, <laughs> how I got to correct yourself, Dan. It's George, it's for the duration of the racing league, he is known as George O. Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I was talking about putting an O in front of people's names. I was at Newcastle the other day and James Sullivan gave one of Ruth Carr's a brilliant ride, a brilliant ride. And afterwards, I was waxing lyrical about James Sullivan and I just called him James O'Sullivan about yeah, five times. And it's just like, it's so annoying. And yeah, but I love making people Irish. I'm I've done it Irish. with the former trainer of Born Famous, that horse from the summer plate. I think it's Claire Connell. And I always stick an O in front of it. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, sounds Rude. Good. Anyway, on we go, guys. On we go to what is the feature event at Newbury, uh, the seven furlong hunger for stakes, the group two. 
And really looking forward to this because some um, old favourites, not even old favourites, just favourites in here, caveat that, favourites. Chindit is nine to four ahead of the market and is dropping back down to the seven furlongs. He's won the Greenham here before, so he's won over the course and distance and he's got no modern games to contend with this time around. Obviously, newly retired modern games. Chindit, nine to four, top of the market for this. But he's taking on Jumbi, who's just been so consistent. And of course, this is pretty much his perfect trip. So is that going to cause a bit of an issue for Chindit. Old boy Pogo in there, likely to go from the front, is not 11 to 2. Third best in the market, Jumbies up fours. And as I say, Chindit is your 9 to 4 favourite. So, um, Dan, I will start with you here. Is Chindit oh, wow. a cut above these, even at the seven furlong? Well, he wasn't last year. He, he beat only one home in the race 12 months ago. One of his off days, he doesn't have many of them, but it was one. He's going to get competition to lead from Pogo. Yes, I am... Very much in the Jumbi camp. I can't believe he's nearly twice the price. He won it last year. This is his bread and butter, as you're pointing out, Vanessa. When he gets seven furlongs, well-run race, he's a very effective horse. He did best of the rest behind audience when I think time probably showed us at Goodwood that he was probably a bit flattered that day. But he he half-nicked that new market race on one side and Jumbi did best of the rest. Um I just think he's highly likely to run well, particularly given the backdrop of the stable. We're what... Four months away from the 24th of December, but it's been Christmas for Eve lately. She's had 28 runners in August. Six of one. Six of one. How do you think that's okay to, to do that? I don't know. It's like the world's most ridiculous, ridiculous link. <laughs> Magic. I'm here for it. Magic. <laughs> and she's had nine more placed during this um, Yuletide celebration. Four months in advance. <laughs> so she stables in great nick. Jumbie's in great nick. He absolutely loves seven furlongs. He's the winner of the race last year. He's three pound worse off with Chindit, but mm-hmm. that doesn't really matter if Chindit runs as he did 12 months ago. I think this is probably Chindit's last run. He's going off to stud in India, isn't he? So mm. um this is probably his his swan song. I like the idea that they've they've freshened Jumbie up as well. They've given him six or so weeks. All right. So Daryl Dan with his ridiculousness, <laughs> is tipping up Jumbi to have a repeat run of last year. Um, but why is Chindit then nearly half the price at 94? I mean, Dan's made the case for why he shouldn't be, but why is that there? There's a gaping hole there. To be honest with you, I don't know. It, it, like, like, I completely agree with Dan in terms of Jumbi, but I do believe that the two at the top market have got blowout potential. Like, They're either excellent or average in my opinion um i don't know why chindit's chindit's the price is in, in all honesty i really don't um he's a horse that i want to back like on his seasonal return or his second start back i don't kind of want to back him towards the middle part of the season but i don't know someone likes him so uh, i can see dan's case for jambi i think he's the most likely when he probably should be favorite i was just going to take a chance and it is on a free roll <laughs> but um of course it is of course it mama's is. girl are you going mama's girl <laughs> no no i'm going I'm going to take us, yeah, a chance with my stabs here. And you that's me. This is like a very loose case, so it wouldn't be a, a massively strong bet. But John Gosden doesn't waste bullets. And particularly in this race, you had Nafra ran third in this in 2017. Richard Parkhurst won this 11 to 1 in 2016. Gregorian under Buick um, was beaten a shorthead in 2014 and won the race in 2013. So he's not, he doesn't just throw horses in here for the sake of it. I thought it was a slight. 
I thought it was a better run at Newmarket last time. And I think he, I think he's a seven furlong horse. When he won at York earlier in the season, it was a really steadily run affair and he just had a sharp turn of foot and quickened away from him. Now, obviously that form has taken a few knocks, but he was still impressive. And the, and the time he put in from three to the line was quite impressive. So he's definitely got abundance of speed. And the blinkers first time are what interests me. John Gosden, I think he's like 19%, but like you can flip that stat to have it however you want. He's like one for 14 in blinkers in group one to three company. So you can make of that what you will. But Mostabshire fitted with the blinkers. He, John Gosden does have a tendency of putting these on at the right time of horses. Like uh, Liz Bower the other week at Sandown bolted up in them. Sweet Williams proved outrageously. Yeah with blinkers there's so many recent examples and go i know jim crowley's on the sidelines i mean for a suspension but william going to william buett to pick this horse up after he had been positive on him at york i thought was quite interesting so look he's i think he's six to one he should probably be a 12 to one shot so i would probably back him at betfair sp um and see how he goes but i do feel like this is asking for a bit of an upset this race all right, taking a ten. You nearly delivered there. a headgear start then, Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> I know he nearly did. It felt like Tony was back yeah. for a moment there. But anyway. I actually um, looked at Daryl and saw the image of like the ghost of Tony over his face. <laughs> Just shave that what, head what, off. What, what, what a thought that is. What a thought that is. Calvin as a ghost. <laughs> I mean, he's terrifying enough to be in real life, let alone as a bloody ghost. He'd never get around um, all the people he needed to haunt, would he? <laughs> <laughs> no. wow. Not enough hours wow. in the day. Absolutely flat out ghost that is Tony. Um, Kev, all joking aside, I don't know if you have a strong view on this, but it's amazing when you look down at slightly bigger prices. There's talented horses in there, like the likes of Marban and the Philly Mama's Girl, who are eight and 12 to one, respectively. Like they're big prices if they're to get back to A, what their trainers think they can do, or B, some of their best picks of form. Oh, we didn't even line this up. But Marban, you got it in one, Vanessa. Once again, I'm on aboard Daryl Carter's train, but a different stop. Uh, Marban, <laughs> um, he like he won the Vintage Stakes last year. They took a view, dropped him in trip this year. And he ran a couple of very good races. But uh, look, I, th- I think he was ready for going back to seven. And he did so last time at Goodwood. They dropped him right in. And, um, and he's run well. Like He's finished up behind Kinross and Isaac Shelby. Um, who are two high-class horses. And the, the hope is that they'll just ride him a bit handier here. Um, Spencer's on board, so you, you, you wouldn't be bullish it'll, it would happen. Hopefully it will. Um, but yeah, I think he has the ability to get in on top of these on a, on a real good day. And that's, um, you know, almost 10 to 1. Uh, Maraban would do for me. All right, Marban then for Kev. Right, let's move across to Ripon, Dan. And I'm going to come to you first here. Obviously, it's great. St. Wilford Day up there. They're big day. They'll have a huge crowd if the weather's nice as well. And good luck to them. But the silver trophy is the first race we'll be looking at over the six furlongs. It's the 240 at Ripon. Um, and Fortimore is your 9-2 to two favourite in there for Ben Haslam. Mark's Choice, a 7-1 to one shot. Thornaby Pearl in there for Adrian Nichols at 8-1. to one. Golden Duke, Nigel Tinkler at 10s. I wouldn't even know where to start with this race. I think you start with the two old. They found the way to the front two positions in the betting, but you start with the two that are absolute specialists here. Mark's Choice is, w- is one of those, and because he's the bigger price, he's the one I'd be stronger on. He'd be three quarters of a point, and we'll have a half a point on four to more as well. But Mark's Choice has won nine races in his life. Seven of them have been at Ripon. He's trained by the very switched on Adrian Keatley, who steered the likes of Kihava to lots of success this season. Adamaris as well, who's been a a recent pickup who won over hurdles and is due to go at Perth again at the weekend. Down to 77 now. 
Mark's choice. He's been more out than in this season, but the run two starts back when he wasn't beaten far, predictably at Ripon, um, was a step in the right direction. He's just mustered around here. And it was a very similar stage last season when he, he won for the last, uh, the most recent time off a mark of 81. So he's my first pick, but I think if you play in this race, I'm, I've just got to be with those two core specialists and Fortimore's the other. He's won six races in his life. Three of them have been here, including the last three, uh, just touched off here the other day. And again, he's just been given a chance by the handicapper who's competitive off marks in the 80s, finds himself off 78, and he's got the springboard of his best run for a bit um, just behind him. So those two against the field. And the other handy thing being one's low, one's high. So I'll back the pair. Beautiful. All right. Special call specialist to the fore um, at a call specialist track makes plenty of sense. Daryl, um, do you have a strong view in this? Are there any three-year-olds in here for you to back? Not sure there are. No, no, there's definitely not. Um, I was going to have a bit of a swing with Snash, to be honest with you. For Tim to be at a massive price. Um, beating three lengths in the Great St. Wilfred last year off 90s, now down into class four noughts, weighted 17 pounds lower. But that obviously reflects how he's been running this season. But I think back on genuine good ground, he showed a bit of a glimmer a couple of starts ago. And um, I quite like the fact that he's drawn really well. He's drawn the lowest of all of them in one because they do tend to split into two groups here. And you sn- normally get a smaller size group of those low drawn runners, but there is a pace angle down there of Prince. The pace Prince is low in it mainly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just thought that maybe he would, he would appreciate just racing in a smaller group last year in the great St. Wilfred. He just got no run at all. And I wonder if this has been a bit of a, a plot, as we mentioned earlier. So, um, yeah, Snash would do a massive price. All right, yeah, Snash is currently 20s on the sports, but might be even bigger on the day. Um, let's move on to the aforementioned Great St. Wilfred then, obviously over the six furlongs. Summergand, five to one favourite at the age of nine. What are we saying about him, Dan? Is this, can he go in again, Summergand, yes. in, a, in a competitive sprint handicap? Well, a keen-eared listener to the show last week, um, it's one of, I've, I've, you're not, not nicked off Kev, but the old round the outside, round the outside, Kev calls it the M&M round, uh, the M&M ride. Um, <laughs> I mentioned that. And this reminds me of Guess Who's Back Back Again, because Summergand, <laughs> he was dire for most of the season, wasn't he? I mean, he just wasn't firing. I, I think in the back of your mind, you think, well, have they been sort of keying him up for a big race somewhere because of his record in them? But I think age probably did weary him, but his mark reflects that now. And that was conclusively his best run and most encouraging run of the season, wasn't it, last time at York? Behind Abraham goal, couldn't be in better form, that horse. Fold up in the Stewards' Cup. It's just strong form. The runner-up went in the day I was at Sunday Series at Haydock. So it's a really strong piece of form. He's not run that well for ages. So I'm inclined to believe this is the time to back him. Yeah, he's five to one. I've put up fives in the first in the two sprints at Rip and the big competitive races. And you can always be banjo, can't you, by being on the wrong side? He's in seven. Um uh, but the horse who I actually think is the main danger is Sophia Starlight, who's drawn next to him. So until last year, it had been a bit of a high draw benefit this race. Um the, the very well handicapped intrinsic bond won it from a single figure stall. I just think she's a really likable, straightforward, speedy filly who will make them all go. But I, the hope really is that she just provides a real trail for Summergand, who frankly is running, wouldn't even have been able to run in this race last season, probably because he was that much better than this sort of grade. So Summergand for me to confirm he's back in his best nick for ages. 
All right, Summer Gand is the selection then, but Sophia Starlight, one of the three-year-olds, is a 10-to-1 shot for the Grant Chewer Yards. Should just mention that the sportsbook are paying five places here in the Great St. Wilfred, so you've got scope to go for a big one at a swing each way. And is that the way you you might play this, Daryl? Are you top of the market or something bigger like the previous race? Yeah, something bigger, um, like for a 0.25 point. So if you like um that'd be wow, Khan wow. Khan Gorm for me um oh. in 14 uh, I thought he ran an absolute blinder at York uh he got up to beat Asa Jamira and I thought I thought he was just coming to the sort of like the two furlong part and I thought he Rossa pulled him out very very early I thought he saw a lot of daylight from that point to the line and I thought he was dossing a bit in front that was a bounce right back to form and obviously he's got a bit of class about him going back a few years. He's off 84. Now he's got an air gold cup entry. Now they must think he's well handicapped to give him that air gold cup entry. You've got to be 92 to get in that last year, I think. So look, he's, he's a well handicapped horse. The, the form has worked out really well. Milena Scout was back and forth that day. He's gone on to uh, run Abarama gold close uh, next time before dropping back to five and scoring the next twice. It's now rated 86. So I, I just think there's a lot more to come from him. He's had a, a gelding operation, a wind, wind operation before his three runs this term, but he's working his way back to form. I think Flora Pearson just get him a little bit of cover from stall 14. I think uh, I think he could go very close. He's handicapped to go well. Okay, can go on currently 14th. As you say, Laura, an interesting jockey booking. Presumably, you know, Danny must get out. Other options unavailable. But Laura, well able in the saddle. Uh, 14 to 1 selection. Kev, what about you in here? Ah, finally, Vanessa, it happened. Me and Dara, we got on the train <laughs> together. And we, we're, we finally got off at, this, at, the, at the same stop. It's Karen Gurham. Which of course means Blue Hills. Wow. We've got we've got off at the Blue Hills stop. We're skipping Mountain down the to platform, climb. getting ready for some salty chips and a bit of ice cream. Maybe we're gonna have a great day out, Daryl. Especially if this <laughs> fellow goes and wins. <laughs> so uh, Daryl Daryl's made the case. Look, he's come right down from where he was when when Mick Shannon had him. And um, look, sometimes it can take the old wind up and gelding um, a few starts just to take well, not not take effect, but just them um, to get get their confidence back and. Um, you know, right back on track at the arm, but last time drawn where I want to be. I want to be high here for better, for worse. I can see the alternative case, but that's where I want to be. And um, yeah, Karen Gurren, me and Daryl skipping off down the platform. What an image that is, Vanessa. <laughs> well, exactly. I just hope neither of you bobble off onto the tracks. I always get nervous when people are running. On <laughs> or, or, some, or someone pushes us. That's more likely. There's more of that risk. A 14 to 1 shot. The boys teaming up with that horse. Let's last race to look at, lads. And it's the race we've all been waiting for. This is it. This is the big one. Over Come to Newmarket we go. Over the six furlongs. Why is it the big one? Because it's the grey horse handicap. Yes. How do we feel about grey, like any sort of selective races like this? So we pro it. and- it's, it's a bit of fun. Love it. it. It's one a year. I bred the winner of this. George Bowen won this back in the oh, day, yeah. Vanessa. Oh, um, yeah. I, I love it. I, I just think it's a nice spectacle. I like <laughs> it. And you can fuss and you can foos all you like, but you won't land on me because I think this is great. Great. <laughs> no, I like, I'm, I'm here for it too. Great. The grey. <laughs> Send Wilfred. <laughs> no, no, Dan, no. Daryl. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's start with you here because you're just going to take away any sentimental, like the view of them coming up the new market track type angle, and you're just going to give us a winner here. Celtic champion is your five to one favourite, who's sort of gone a little bit missing in action, but got back on track when we last saw him, and he's been gelded since then as well. He's been off quite a long break since we last saw him, though, from the Andrew Balding yard, but he does have that back class of ability. 
Uh, Divine Libra in there at fives as well for Charlie Hills. Those are two three-year-olds up at the top of the market. So what is Daryl Carter going to do? Masterclass in there <laughs> next at eights and then Mr. Bluebird at eights as well. Older horse this time. Mitro's on Hello. fire. <laughs> oh, lordy, lord. Mitro's on fire. 2021 winner. I thought this was a massive eye catcher in a moment in Shandon last time. Um, just had to wait for a run. Travelled really strongly throughout the race. And... Uh, yeah, I thought he was he was about to peak. He's uh, been running in decent races this season, particularly last twice at this venue behind Abel Kane and Star of Orion, two horses that are very, very good on their day. This is a, a dip in class and uh, he's handicapped to go well. So I thought he ticked a lot of boxes. I was just He's drawn high. A lot of um, horses in this race have won this from low-drawn um, stalls. But I think the better horses and the pace is drawn high here. So I wouldn't be as concerned about the draw. When you're looking back through the previous years, winners of this, you see like one, two, nine, four, four, etc. I wouldn't wouldn't be too concerned about the draw. I think there'll be pace all over the place. Uh, and Mitro's on fire. Is is that you say? It? Mitro's on fire, Kev. He yeah, plays. He's a footballer, isn't he? Footballer yeah. Mitrovic, yeah, for Fulham. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's all actually right. captain of my fantasy football league this week as well. Oh, there, there we you go. go. Yeah. God, you're playing every game, aren't you, Daryl? What a man. <laughs> um, Twelve to one. 12 to 1 is Daryl's selection. Um, Dan, we'll come to you next for this. Did you have a strong view on the greys and the nice sight? Oh, lovely horses. I think they should introduce it for grey-haired jockeys as well. Mulrennan and Franny Norton and now McCulley in a a three-way go. Um, Ruby will be looking to come out of retirement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm with Silver Samurai. Fairly, oh. fairly strongly. Oh, the silver fox. Because he's called silver and he's running... No, it's, there's more <laughs> more sort of reasons than that. I just think he's a diff, potentially different class to these. Mentioned a couple of class droppers in sprints that once they can... Once they have that run that steadies the ship after they've seamed out of sorts, as he did last time when he was held up and in the wrong position at this place. Stronger pace today in this race, likely bigger field. Down three pounds. I thought it was a very generous mm. latest drop. It's almost one of those that I wonder if it was already in the pipeline and he ran fairly quick and so he's had it anyway, but he's down to 87. He was beaten under six lengths in all these starts previously this season from marks between 99 and 95, three or four times. So he's he's clearly the best handicap horse in the race for me. And um, yeah, he's presumably been laid out for the grey horse race because he's a, a grey horse. <laughs> Okay, case made for Silver Samurai, currently 8-1 with the Sportsbook. Last word to you on Kev, other than just sitting back and enjoying the spectacle of a load of grey horses coming up, the Newmarket race course, what horse actually finishes in front? Yeah, Silver Samurai for me as well. Um, Look, potentially a class act. I'm like really, really lucky to get into this because this is an odd to 85, um, but over the UK, you're a bit mad and you let horses (laughs) that are £2 over the band to be entered. But the way it works is if, if you're rated 86 or 87, you get put right down at the bottom of the ballot. So if a race is oversubscribed, you have no chance, basically. But um, there's a serious lack of greys in the UK, clearly, because this is a max field of 20. They got 16 here, so there was no balloting. So he managed to creep in. And Marco Botti would have been dancing an Italian jig, if that's what they do in Italy. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever style of dancing is most appropriate for an Italian man, Marco would have been doing it. He would have been absolutely cock-a-hoop. Um, so they managed to sneak him in here. Class angle, big old price. Um, look, needs to bounce back, but um, Lordy, he's well handicapped, and this is a this is a drop and grade um, because, like any race where it's um, uh, what term would you use? Um, where it's confined, 
um, is always likely to be a little bit weaker. I know loads of these would have been laid out because it is what it is. Um, but yeah, Silver Samurai might just have too much class for them. All right, brilliant. The boys agreeing on one there as well. Uh, before we do naps, lads, don't forget the Sportsbook offer this Saturday. Bet £5 on horse racing multiples and get a free bet. So get stuck into that. But please do opt in, read the T's and C's and do it responsibly, everyone out there. Um, right, that's given you just five seconds, lads, to get your naps in order. Dan, you're looking like you're either eager to go or you've had a stroke. I don't know. <laughs> <if you're in. laughs> both, both. Um, I yeah, made a stroke the other day Linden in front bait. of somebody who'd actually had a stroke, so that was unfortunate. <laughs> Probably not your, badly. not your best content. That, um, no, it wasn't my best content. Newbury, three o'clock, Lyndon B, please. You can have that. There's that full point. That's a full that's point. a that's a point and a quarter. That one. Oh, whoa, up. Um, Daryl, what was your on that, please? Uh, let's go three o'clock, Newbury Classic. Take on lovely three year olds putting his money where his mouth is. And what about you, Kev? In the main event of the day, Vanessa, the grey horse handicap, I'm going all Italian. Marco Botti, Andrea, Zini, Silver Samurai for me. Um, wow. we better go, we, we 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 better go win in place at the price. Fair, fair. Wow, I wasn't expecting a nap to come in that race, but that's what you get on this show. Expect this the unexpected. Uh, that wraps up proceedings. Another very jolly show, everyone. Listeners, viewers out there, thank you very much, as always, for joining us. We will be back on Monday with Wade In, where no doubt we will have plenty to discuss in the world of horse racing. But for now, have a good weekend. Gamble responsibly. Enjoy yourself. And it's a goodbye from us. <laughs> <laughs>